Welcome back to Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you need photos or video, they are the team to get the job done. So if you need photos for a professional headshot, wedding, or a pageant, they can get the photo job done. Or if you need a commercial or wedding videography, they are the videographer to get the job done. So no matter if you need photos or video, reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions for your next photography or videography production. Our special guest this week is the current sitting, reigning Miss America 2020 Camille Schreiber is on the show. Thank you so much, Camille, for coming on my show. It is such an honor to have a sitting national title holder grace us with the interview on our podcast here at the Total Focus. It is an absolute honor, and I am so absolutely flabbergasted and honored to have the opportunity to interview you while you're still Miss America, and I am just so excited, and I hope my all of my audience stays tuned for this incredible interview. And welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for having me on. I really uh, appreciate it. No, I, Camille, I, I'm really honored. Uh, I've been striving to finally get uh, Miss America to recognize my pageant uh, photography uh, videography and pageant uh, podcast from a national level. So this is a real honor that I have the current title holder uh, on my show. And this is a huge accomplishment. And I appreciate you so much coming on my show and, and letting us tell your story. And uh, it's such a, a unique year. You're officially the longest reigning Miss America. So there's so many cool things to talk about. And then your science background. So I, I'm just really thrilled that we have so much to talk about and you're willing to come on the show. Absolutely. Let's get started. I'd love to share with you. Yeah. So I first came to learn a lot about you when you got the, the, the opportunity to be on Ellen, which I thought was so cool. Um, is there any story behind how that came about? Did she just happen to see your uh, state performance? Is that how that came about? And and then she invited you on the show i think are you talking about the kelly clarkson show okay i i thought it was ellen okay so it's kelly clarkson okay i apologize you're totally fine i just wanted to make sure we were on the same no 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 Um, i think that came about you know right after my state competition where uh, a producer had seen what i had done at my state in terms of the science demonstration and then had reached out to my i guess the pr team for miss virginia um, and they kind of came to me and they were like, Hey, we got this request for you to be on the Kelly Clarkson show. Do you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> um, so it was really cool how that came about. And I think that, you know, I was really lucky after I won my state, uh, that I had a lot of interest from just the media in general to cover the story because it was so interesting to a lot of people. And so that made its way down to California and uh the producers from Kelly Clarkson saw it and they called me so you know it's a testament to doing something differently and then having a lot of people want to continue to to have eyes on that and so it was a really cool experience got to fly out there I was on with Jessica Alba and Kelsey Ballerini 
and got to actually not only be a guest, but do a demonstration on the show. And I will say I was actually like really nervous when I did that because I had just gotten into the world of doing these science demonstrations. I was kind of new to science entertainment. Um, and it was the first time I had ever done the demonstration that I did on that show was like literally when it was being recorded. And you can actually like watch my face kind of like make a little face when I'm about to start the reaction. And I was like, please don't blow up in my face. <laughs> uh, and it kind of did, but it was okay. Um, definitely. It's funny to like, hear like the stories behind that because I was very nervous, but I think it, it came out okay when I watch it back, but I still see so many things I could have done differently. <laughs> it's always crazy how, uh, people, um, expression is, uh, the feelings of their, their selves, on television or their emotions because you, you you look at it in this one pane and you only see it from the, but so you gave so much context to it from the other side that was so mm -hmm. mo so so interesting on the um it, to me that was when really when you became like one of the top candidates i don't know thank you <laughs> i don't know if you got that impression but to that that was when I was like, well, clearly she's in a top candidate. Like that's <laughs> like, um, I mean, that was I mean, being in the Mid Atlantic area, I was like, yeah, I'm like I think Miss Virginia is gonna do well. Like, well, thank you. yeah. Um, and then it was really fascinated by your whole background that like mm -hmm. the reason why you're doing this is to to better yourself when it comes to schooling and you know mm -hmm. the whole. So I guess let's let's rewind it as I always say to my audience and let's, let's start from the beginning. So you're not traditionally a pageant girl. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And the whole, your whole point thing is, is school, right? Yeah. So I mean, I will say I did, I definitely did pageants as a teenager. So, I mean, it's not like I hadn't competed in my life before. Um, I did some other organizations like national American miss and the USA ambassador system, which were just smaller organizations. Well, actually national American miss is pretty large. Um, and I competed for miss high school America when I was in high school. And I liked those just because first of all, they didn't have swimsuit, which was something that I was not super interested in. Um, but they gave me the opportunity to learn public speaking and I just never thought I would continue doing them after I got into college. And then I ended up in grad school and saw an advertisement to do a local competition to go to Miss Virginia. And I was like, you know what? I've always kind of wanted to do Miss America, but the swimsuit had been a barrier for me. And then it was gone at that point. And so I'm like, what do I really have to lose in trying this? Uh, I just have to figure out how to accurately represent, you know, a performing talent because I don't have one of the traditional singing, dancing, baton twirling, instrumental talents that other women do. And uh, so I just kind of went for it. And so it was not really like in my long-term plans, but it became a great way to supplement um, the academics that I am so passionate about. Uh, but I think it's so important for all of us to be well-rounded and to have these other experiences to supplement the formal education is just, you know, something that you really can't get in a lot of other ways. And so I feel really grateful that I've had all of these experiential learning situations throughout my time. Um, and it'll make me a very different student going back to school. Are you uh, dreading to just go back to normality or does COVID make it feel that you've already kind of 
been in that normality because typical uh, Miss America year is that you're mm-hmm. literally traveling and going to places. And yeah, I assume with your COVID setup <laughs> that we were talking about, all you're you're kind of living in a co- cocoon with your setup there in your office or bedroom where you're doing your interviews. Yeah, it's actually funny, and I think that this is I'm a definite believer that you know we end up in certain situations for the right reason. Um, I actually kind of like the way that I've had my last year go because. I, you know, the travel being Miss America was something that kind of scared me and being on the road all of the time. I don't think that that was something that would have been really sustainable for me. But once I won, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to deal with this for a year because that's what I've gotten myself into. Um, and of course it's fun, but it, it can be really overwhelming. And so when we switched to me being COVID Miss America and being virtual, I actually felt like I was able to have a better quality of life where I could, you know, kind of maintain some balance between a normal schedule, but still being Miss America and doing outreach. I will say it was a bummer to not be with people because I love being with people and really getting to spend time with um, the people that I get to meet at events. And you can't really do that on Zoom you can be with a hundred people on zoom, but you never get that chance to just like have a conversation with that one person that you meet while getting a coffee at the coffee bar or something. And those kind of smaller interactions I do miss, but, um, I will say I'm really excited to go back to school. Um, it's, you know, being Miss America is an overwhelming role in so many ways. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to now kind of go back into being Camille. Um, and then take all of the amazing experiences and things that I've learned throughout this year and be able to then go and apply them in my own personal and professional life. So I'm really looking forward to going back and being a student again, actually. And uh, I have three more years left, so still lots of time. Three to, like, more years? Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do- I'm in a doctoral program, well, so well, I... Wow. You Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm... I, that's... <laughs> Like for our listeners out there, like that takes a lot of, you know, it just shows how smart you are. Like, really? You're, so you. what, what, um, what field of medicine are you going into? So I'm a doctor of pharmacy student. Okay, so I cool. will be a farm D when I'm done. So it's a professional doctorate, much like an MD or, you know, if you got your, um, if you were a dentist and you went to dental school mm-hmm. or physical therapy school. So I will have a professional doctorate and ironically, I actually don't want to, you know, this is kind of on brand for me. I never really do anything the normal way. Um, I want to work in the pharmaceutical industry. I don't necessarily okay. want to work as a pharmacist behind a counter. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, my social impact initiative is so based upon medication safety and abuse prevention. And I've learned so much about how pharmaceutical products affect people and their lives. So I feel like I'll have a really great perspective walking into a company when I do finally get a career position that I, you know, wouldn't have had if I hadn't done the job as both Miss Virginia and Miss America. So that's a few years down the road for me, but I'm really excited to be able to get there soon. Well, I I dated someone that went directly into the field that you're currently studying. So I know how extremely stressful. I mean, she lost oh, yes. hair in the process. So, mm-hmm, for um, sure. like, I know it's fulfilling, but it's extremely. So, you know, I 
I, I'm fully, I, I know you can do this. So Thank you know, it's, you. Just, it's, just, it's just hard. I guess a follow-up question when it comes to how things started. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they portrayed you on television as a newbie, but to, you just filled us in that you kind of had a little yeah. bit of pageant. So, and TV always does that, that they, they, yeah. they, 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 they portray the narrative that's best for the TV audience. Is there other things that you did? Were you an athlete? Were you playing an instrument? Mm-hmm. Um, were, were you in cheerleading? What mm-hmm. else rounded you out that yeah. for our listeners out there that want to to have your same role, they, they want to win Miss America, what are yeah. some key things that rounded you out? I think it's really important what you just said is that TV portrays you in a certain way that like the producers want. And I, it it was really interesting because that's become one of the most common misperceptions is that I never competed before. But what the reality was is that I had never competed in the Miss America organization before. I was very new to MAO in general, but it wasn't like my first rodeo and competing on stage. Um, And so that's really funny. And I think that that's important for a lot of listeners to know is that like when you watch a competition on TV, like the girl doesn't always get the opportunity to pick and choose what information gets shared um, on that platform. And so I, there are, there's so many things I got portrayed as like the, the only the science girl. And I do so much more than that, Um, which I'm totally fine being the science girl. Let me also just preface that. I like being a science girl. Um, Well, this is your audience. This is your opportunity to tell your story. So is there some yeah please give us some more insight of who you are i mean i the funny thing is like i did grow up completely doing sports in school i was you know a dedicated person in terms of my academics but i was a three-sport varsity athlete i did field hockey swimming and track and field my entire time in high school and grew up riding horses and i was a show jumper did equestrian oh you did oh you do equestrian okay cool yeah 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 yeah. I, I can see I can see time. you doing field hockey um and I could yeah. see totally see you doing track because you're so yeah. tall. So what was <laughs> I'm your not tall. That's funny. Okay. Well okay. I, I apologize why it's okay. Sunni because the uh, the the lens camera does portray people it stretches your body out. So I think it's funny that you think I'm tall cuz I'm actually 5 foot 4 and so I'm really oh. short in comparison to a lot of other girls. Um just and, don't... But I, I will say I wear really tall heels a lot <laughs> to make myself look taller, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say that the last time I saw you walk was on stage and yeah. it, and that you didn't have to stand next to anyone that would make you look short. So yes. fair, fair, fair enough. I, I fooled you all. It's the magic of the shoes. Um, <laughs> but it, are you six? Are you a six inch or eight? Or I mean, are you? I are, don't know. I, I wear the tippy tops. Yeah, of course. You're right, right. So I don't know how tall those really are. I guess um, they're six. I, but I, I think, think they, they're very tall. I mean, they're hard to walk in. Um, and honestly, uh, I'm kind they look of, hard. <laughs> I'm kind of a mess when it comes to that. But, um, you know, it was interesting because we didn't really have to walk in them, which was, you know, I have my own opinions about that. I, I kind of wish that we did have an opportunity to walk in our gowns. Um, but that's a whole other piece. Um, but I did. You know, Are you saying you're a traditionalist? Um, I think I'm a traditionalist in some way, but obviously I'm not a traditionalist in a lot of ways. Right. You um, you express the bikini thing, so that's yeah, that that's one where you said that's passe, which I, that's fine. Also, that's fine. 
I'll also say with the swimsuit piece, I think a lot of people that that's another common misperception is that first of all, I have, I've had people ask me like what I wear to the beach because they assume I don't ever wear a swimsuit. Um, and that's like completely not true. I, I just wanted, it was a personal choice for me that I did not want to wear a swimsuit as part of the competition. And so the thing for me is like, I, if, if a girl wants to wear a swimsuit and compete for Miss America and, you know, or go to Miss USA and wear a swimsuit, like I will cheer her on the entire way. Like it is just something that I didn't think was a healthy decision for me. Um, but I, you know, I capitalized on the opportunity in the fact that it went away. And so I felt like it was a healthy decision that I could make. Exactly. That swimsuit. So let me just also say like, Girls who wear swimsuits in competition, you go, girl. Like, you do it. I'll be there. I'll clap in the back. But I just don't want to do it myself. So, um, right. that was, and if you, and if, kind of if it, and if it works within what your, what your beliefs are, then that, you know, and yeah. I, I totally agree that the competition based bikini thing is kind of weird, especially now. And, and totally but like if if you want to go to the beach and wear a bikini i shouldn't it's crazy I, I you must be being questioned that that like you would do that and i'm like yeah. why it's so <laughs> why it's so fascinating that like like who cares if you want to wear one piece or you wear a bikini mm -hmm. you're gonna wear a bathing suit you're gonna wear yeah. a bathing suit so that should be the question of course you're gonna wear a bathing suit if you go yeah. to the beach you're gonna go swimming like or you're gonna lay on yeah. the beach. My take on the swimsuit thing, especially in competition, is that especially for Miss America, when you are in you are signing up to win a scholarship for your education, that there was something that didn't really fit for me in in wearing a swimsuit to earn scholarship money. And in the other way, I feel like women are judged upon their body and their physical appearance in so many ways in our society. Like I, I'm sure I'm judged on my physical appearance every single day. Um, and I wanted there to be an opportunity where I could just be judged on exactly what I could offer in terms of my experience and my skill set, rather than my body. And so that was something that that was part of the reason why I liked the way that the competition was structured without the swimsuit. But if a woman wanted to be judged upon her body then she has every right to um but i thought it was really refreshing that we didn't have the focus on you know just what what our physical bodies looked like but got the opportunity to speak more and talk about what we were going to do and what our experiences were that was something that i really was excited about i mean camille that's clearly why you won because they <laughs> you know you were preaching like just being equal you know, yeah. I, I mean, and clearly you can't, it, it's like the perfect mesh. They bend it to your will and your, 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 uh, ideals fit right into that perfect mesh. I, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine a better scenario for you. Everything aligns exactly you. what you want. I definitely feel like I, when I look back and, you know, I, I said this before, but I'm a believer that things happen in the right timing. Absolutely. Um, God gives you I, only what you can handle for sure. Exactly. And I think that um, there was a reason why I ended up doing this job this year that maybe I didn't even realize at the beginning. Um, 
and I feel grateful to have that opportunity. And I do feel like, you know, in, in, in every sense, I didn't have to like, and not to, and I do not mean to suggest that anyone meant to pretend, but I like very authentically came in there. Like, I totally know what I am here for. And like, I feel good about this kind of a competition and the way that it's structured right now. Um, and I think that that was one of the benefits in being really new was that I hadn't had a lot of experience with the way that the competition had been before, because I think, and I felt bad for the women who felt kind of a little bit disappointed because the experience wasn't what they had always dreamed of. And I can imagine that that would be really difficult if you had competed for many, many years and worked up to this point where you had an idea in your mind of what your Miss America experience would be like. And then that was very different from what you'd expected. But that wasn't something that I faced because I hadn't really ever had that dream in my mind or really ever thought that I would do that. So again, I think that that kind of goes along with maybe why I ended up doing this job this year. And then I ended up being the COVID Miss America. So that was a whole other piece of like unexpected kind of uh, timing and, and experiences in this. And again, I really never, I didn't have any perception of what my year as Miss America would look like because I never thought I would have that year. <laughs> I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. So, Camille, mm-hmm. the, the playing sports and being an equestrian, is that the right term? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that gave you a nice bridge between your very um analytical brain and then your social brain do you think that's what gave you good balance and and allowed you to be really good on stage and like what how do you is there any way you break that down for someone who's who's young that wants to do a pageant like do you think that those are some of the key things that made you who you are that put you in the right motion to win that that win that title no i I think more so um I don't think it was necessarily the sports as much. I mean, I almost feel like doing the few pageants I did as a young person were what helped me have more confidence in in speaking and presenting myself. Um, And those were great gateways to becoming Miss America when I'd never even thought that that was going to be a possibility for me. And also just the academics and understanding how to present in front of a group, how to communicate and present as a, you know, present your skill sets, um, in an effective way. And I'm, I'm kind of spitballing here, but also like having internships in college, knowing how to work in a corporate environment, knowing how to interview for a real job and how to sell yourself as a potential employee. I think those were things even more than being in sports that helped me be prepared and really get to that situation where I could effectively show why I could be a great Miss America. Um, 
and so, you know, being well-rounded is the number one thing. You have to be well-rounded to be able to be successful in any piece of life. Um, I guess big picture here, okay? Mm -hmm. um, do you ever look at legacy at this point? Because um, you're almost at your end of your reign, which is crazy because at this point you would have already passed on your reign yeah. a, a long time ago. Um, yeah. you're still waiting to do that. Um, like what's your concept? Like, I mean, clearly you've definitely left the organization a better place. You know, I, you know, you're representing you. the organization phenomenally. I, I think, um, everyone, um, would say that you've done a great job in the situation of, of, you know, basically building a studio and, you know, being there to represent the organization and, all, all the little key components. So for like yeah. technically the hundredth uh, Miss America, you know, you've, you've done a great, great job. And we all know that it's been a rocky. Uh, so, for, so I guess my sum up my question, have you thought about your legacy? Like, like, I mean, this is only one year, very young. So like, I assume that your legacy should also yeah. include your, your future, but at this point yeah. where you are right now. I think that looking back and quite honestly, I'm not even serving really as full-time Miss America anymore. Um, I'll be there to, to be part of the hundredth anniversary celebration. Um, but my full-time role has kind of come to an end. Um, I, I think that as I look back on what I've gotten to do as Miss America 2020, I hope that my legacy is that you can, that, that Miss America doesn't have to fit in a box and that you can be exactly who you are to, and you can still be Miss America, even if you are not the traditional perception of Miss America, which is kind of the way that I went into it. I, I think I have traditional aspects that make me a lot like some other forever Miss Americas, but having kind of a new spin on it that makes it very much uniquely mine. And so I hope that other young women across the country who maybe don't feel like they can relate to a lot of forever Miss Americas still feel like they can be included and that they can be, that they have the opportunity and potential to be a Miss America. Unlike your counterpart systems, Miss America 100% relies on their past title holders to be a part of the system and you even get a legacy uh, sash if from what I recall uh, are you excited for that are you excited to to play that role come back and do the autograph session or is that something you're so excited to do do you do you need a little bit of time to decompress or are you excited to to to, to just be a part yeah. of the organization in that capacity you know it's interesting I never really thought of you know forever Miss America as being like more involved than maybe like forever Miss USA's um, or other larger organizations that have, you know, title holders that continue on after their time. Um, I think that, you know, me looking back and, and my potential involvement in the future, it's, it's a very unique sisterhood to be a part of because, you know, there's only 94 other, or I guess I'm the 94th. There's only 93 other women who have ever done this job. Uh, and about half of those are still with us. And which is great, you know, that's which a, is amazing. And I think that one of the biggest things that I look forward to in the future is being able to continue to hear the stories from other forevers, 
I especially got to meet Lee Merriweather, which was just wonderful. Um, and got to hear about their experiences and how maybe being Miss America in 1955 had similarities, but many differences to what I do now in 2020. Um, that has been one of the most rewarding pieces. Um, but of course I'll always, you know, look at every competition and, and welcome that next young woman into a really amazing group of, uh, women across the country who have had this very, very unique experience, uh, that only, only a few of us can really fully understand. <laughs> I mean, it's not even comparison to say the Super Bowl line because there's way more people that go to the Super Bowl. But, like, I, I'm trying to think of uh, some, I guess, less people have won gold medals for the United States and, and figure skating than, and you know, you're in that category. Uh, you know, it's, it's so... It's so it's such a rare feat. So I yeah. mean, that, that's, uh, I, um, is that hard for you to, to and like, are you come to grips with that? You've like, wow, I okay, cool, I'm in this club. <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to like really picture for me now because, um, you know, I see it as like a role that I've gotten to do this year, and I haven't really had the opportunity to to be around a lot of Forever Miss Americas and really feel like I get to be part of that. I think in my mind, I know that I am, but I haven't really gotten that chance to be like, wow, I, I, this is really crazy that I get to, to do this. And I think that hopefully I'll feel that, especially at the next competition, uh, the 100th anniversary, where I'm hoping that some other Forevers will be able to be there uh, and celebrate with us. Um, that will be something that will be really special for me. I mean, I, I, I pray that... Uh... I pray. I mean, if everything goes their way, they're saying that we're gonna have enough vaccines in May. So let's uh, let's hope that that um, moves the bar. So, um, and are you still living in Virginia right now? Is that where you're hunkered, hunkered down? Yes. Um, I'd actually I had been in Pennsylvania with my family. Oh, really? Wow. Throughout okay. 2020, and so uh, at the beginning of 2021, I decided to come back to Richmond, Virginia, and that so that's where I'm spending. 2021 and that's where i go to grad school as well so i'll be here when i start school again oh well that's exciting um and what school are you attending in richmond i'm at virginia commonwealth university oh, yeah, commonwealth. school of pharmacy oh, cool. so i go to school at the hospital and so i oh. live a little bit outside of the city and then i drive in to the hospital every day uh and go to school and then come back to my little house which i like so much <laughs> do you have like a little colonial or or, or... i live in a beautiful apartment complex, you have an apartment uh, complex. outside of the city gotcha. with uh my dog and my two cats so it's a little zoo in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah for our listeners uh richmond's a really beautiful very um southern community so um it's it's such a beautiful little community it's a very busy community to live in but it's a um so i always get the technical term of your demonstration wrong so what's the name of your um demonstration what's the what what's that it's it i know it's something um Hydrogen peroxide is what you're thinking of. Yes, but um, what's the so other word they, they call it? Like gum, nuts, nut gum. Um, it's elephant's toothpaste. Elephant's toothpaste. Okay, cool. That's the, okay. So that's the common name. Yes. But the actual reaction is called the catalytic decomposition of hydrogen peroxide. Um, okay. <laughs> which, that's why they call it elephant's toothpaste because it's very difficult <laughs> to, to say. <laughs> um, 
And you know, it's interesting when I think about like developing that as my talent. Um, if you look back at the photos of when I did that at my local competition back in 2019, I did it on such a small scale and I literally used about, I think a hundredth of the volumes of the solutions that I actually used on stage at Miss America. It was tiny because I was just kind of learning how to, you know, use science as a, as a piece of entertainment. And that's been, you know, a, a talent that I've, you know, really been able to hone throughout this process. But more than anything, I think that the talent of what I do is communication, similar to, to women that are doing monologues and, and really being able to capture an audience with their voice. And when we think about, you know, radio hosts, TV hosts, being able to be that person that can keep attention and provide information with their voice, that's been one of the greatest talents that I'm able to express through what I do. But also, it gave me an extra 90 seconds to show a little bit more about who I was and my passion for science education. It's been such a cool and fun opportunity to bring that around um, to kids and especially virtually because when COVID happened, I was able to do a lot of science education and demonstrations through my computer. So I did this whole series with PBS here in Central Virginia called Cooking Up Science with Miss America, where I really? filmed a science TV show in my kitchen. Why didn't they um, why didn't they show that nationally? That would have been a great PBS. Like it they, was it was just specifically contracted with the local PBS. So I know, but that's a great one day. That's <laughs> a great idea. I love that idea. Virginia's was, PBS is so smart to, to to team up with you. That I love that. It was one of the most fun things I got to do, but it it was a ton of work because I I wrote the shows. It's TV. Um, Everything. I <laughs> people I don't know. understand how hard TV is. TV is yes. like the hardest thing in the world. I and again, as a person who had always been a student, I just never really had a lot of exposure into like television production that type of thing. So I very much was very rudimentary in the beginning of how I learned how to shoot footage. And then my expertise really advanced throughout the process. I got a better camera. I understood lighting a little bit more, but I was also writing the episodes and working with the Department of Education here in Virginia to have them meet certain educational standards. And so one of the, that's a really cool thing about even that COVID, you know, changed what I got to do as Miss America. I got experience in those types of things that I would have never had if I was just on the road traveling. I wouldn't have been able to shoot my own TV show while I'm in hotels on the road. I mean, I could have, that, but the likelihood of doing that was very low. I mean, you're right. I mean, like that, that, that's a phenomenal opportunity. It was, it was a huge learning experience, um, but I had so much fun with it and it still exists. Like it, you can access it online. Um, oh, cool. Really, okay. If you Google cooking up science with Miss America, it will come right up. It's from PBS VPM here in Central Virginia. All right, guys, um, in the in the the by long, uh, by in the in the information below on this episode, I'll have that link along with Camille's information too and in her bio. So I'll just look at the link below, and you can you can watch those episodes, and I'll definitely have that there listed there for you, Camille. Thank you. It's it was so fun, and it's cool because it's science that you can do in your home with products that you probably already have. 
which I was doing specifically during COVID because people weren't really able to, they didn't want to go out any more than they needed to. It wasn't the right time to go and get supplies to do science demonstrations. So instead I was doing stuff with things that were already in my kitchen cabinet and being able to share how, you know, part of my demonstration, and I don't know if you remember this part is at the very end, I kind of stick my arms out and I say, science really is all around us. And that's been something that I've tried to continue throughout the, my time in, in showing how science is part of everything we do every day, whether or not we are literally baking cookies in our kitchen or if we're in a laboratory discovering a new COVID vaccine, that science is part of everything. And that's the cool thing that I get to, to bring into schools with kids. And so like literally one of the episodes, I bake cookies and I talk about the science of baking and cooking. That's a perfect, yeah, that's a great, because there's such a, there's a reaction that causes it to to actually puff off, and it's a great, Yes, so many, and those were the reasons why when I was a little girl that I loved science, because I got to do all of those things, but the people around me were there to remind me that those were based in science, and that was just something that I felt like if I had the opportunity to talk to, you know, not just little girls, but boys across the country, just to make science relevant to them, because it is, it can be a really scary topic for some kids. Um, Making science cool is so important. Yeah. So important. It's been such a blessing to be able to do it because when I, and this is really, this sounds really cheesy, but like when I get to be with a bunch of kids And I get to do a reaction in front of them or do a demonstration and I get to see their eyes light up and they want to know more about what I did or, or how I got to do what I do. Or they ask me about different science things that they're curious about. That's the moment. Those are the moments where I get so excited and it's so motivating for me to continue talking about that with kids. And really, honestly, adults are really into it too, because they think it's it's entertaining for them. I well, literally did a keynote speech at a at a conference, like a breakfast conference at a science center. And I was the keynote speaker. And in the middle of my, my speech, I went over and did the demonstration and then continued speaking. So it became like an eye-catching visual, but also related to science, which has just been so cool to see all of the different ways that you know, what started as a way to solve a problem to be able to compete in a competition that was, uh, that had a talent portion, all of the ways that this demonstration had become applicable in the rest of my time as, as Miss America and will continue as I continue my career has just been so unexpected and really awesome. I know your drive is to, to work in the pharmaceutical business, but like Mm -hmm. I, if you have any opportunity to be the next Mr. Wizard or Bill <laughs> Nye, the science guy, you know, I think it would yeah. be so important to see a woman portray a yeah. cool science person. I, I know that you've done that, but if you ever get opportunity to do it on a national level, I would highly recommend you to Thank you. please consider it because my generation, I, I assume that Bill, even Bill Nye, the science guy is too old for you. Cause no. I'm, oh, okay. So you do remember I grew up Bill. Watching him. Okay. I grew okay. Up watching him. Okay. Because uh, I still remember, I don't even know if you know Mr. Wizard, but. I do. Uh, okay. Good. Good. Okay. I All do. Right. I know them both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause uh, I mean, I'm 38. Um, so I don't want to, um, I, I think there's a, what, a, a 10 year gap 
you're you're in your late twenties. Yep. Okay. So I, I, um, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to assume that, you know, um, no, you're right. Okay. Um, and I, I think it's so important to portray, uh, portray science. So cool. And that's what I think Mr. Wizard did. And yes. I think that's what Bill Nye, the science guy. I think that's what Bill does to this day. Yeah. And, uh, and I really appreciate what you've done from that perspective for women, because Thank there you. really hasn't been that opportunity for women to show that women can be really cool, you know, intelligent science, you know, yeah. and we don't have that person right now on national television. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bill's I off there on YouTube and, and being in politics, but he's, he's not got that television platform anymore. The one thing I will say, Paul, is that what's interesting is we've come a long way in Make and having equality in women in STEM in the workforce, where the numbers are are getting a lot better um, in terms of actual women getting jobs in STEM careers and wanting to enter them. One of the things that I've started to realize as I've been in this space is that even though we've kind of have more women going into these careers and being accepted as a woman, there's this strange idea that women in STEM aren't feminine. And that's been something that I've loved to disprove because that's not true. And sometimes in science, in really heavily science corporate situations, if you're a woman in STEM and you are stylish and you're into fashion, if you like makeup, if you want to get your nails done, if you want to do those traditionally feminine things, yes, yes, you're kind of looked at like, oh, are you are you really a scientist or do you really have a STEM background? You're so you're so right. That's been one of the things that even more than just getting little girls to want to go into STEM, disproving that women in STEM are boring, t typically masculine, non-feminine women has been one of the more important things that I've gotten to do to kind of remind people, both men and women in general, that for men, that uh, that you can be, that any woman that walks into your company that happens to be a feminine woman, don't assume that she's not a woman of STEM. And- well, have you seen the new Have you seen the new Wonder yeah. Woman movie this year? No, but I've heard about it and I need to watch it. Okay, <laughs> Degat, I'm so I'm so sorry I pronounced her name wrong, but she is a former Miss Israel, and she's uh, played she's playing a scientist in this new um, uh, second um, reboot of Wonder Woman in this episode uh, movie. And she's absolutely gorgeous, but of course, the, the, they have this typis, this typical, you know, dorky scientist uh, like um, that's uh, next to her, and then she only becomes like strong and sexy because her powers are transferred from. So it's just interesting. It's, so I, they made one huge leap, giving wonder woman this really strong and beautiful confident sexy yeah. scientist role but then they had to have the typical like you're saying yeah. so like one step forward one step back yeah or, or one honestly, step nowhere but there's I, progress but it's we definitely have more progress to make um to, because the other thing is if you're a, if you're a girl looking to go into a science career and you are someone that is you know a feminine woman maybe you feel like you're not going to fit in that career role if that's been traditionally portrayed to you as something that's the opposite um so i that's part of the reason why i literally wear pink bedazzled safety goggles when i do stuff and i appreciate you doing that 
you know. It's it's more so than just for my personal protection, but just to be like, hey, look, I can do science and I understand the science behind what I'm doing. But I also want you to see that I wear pink and sparkles, which is very strategic in a way that's more like a lot of what I do in depth has a lot of strategic pieces behind it for certain reasons, like the pink, like my bedazzled lab coat. And there's lots of different things that are very intentional in what I do. So I wanted to uh, talk to you specifically about the elephant toothpaste, but we went on a good tangent. So I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I've learned by doing this podcast, I'm almost up, up to my 100th episode that I got to stop interrupting and just let the, <laughs> when I have a, an, an incredible guest like you, I just need to shut up and let you talk. Uh, so I hope I've done a good job of that because I'm trying not to interrupt you. So going back You're to the elephant. So. The reason I wanted to, wanted to bring up elephant toothpaste, I don't know if you acknowledged, like you have been paying attention, but have you seen the overwhelming craziness when it comes to the now, the the fandom of the elephant toothpaste? David Dobrik does it. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the other YouTuber that was uh, part of NASA. Like they, yes. there's this huge now elephant toothpaste craze yeah, uh, uh, David Dobrik did uh, one experience so big that he had them floating from his house. Like, so like, I you were clearly on the leading of that. So you are one hundred percent in that like in that that bubble of influence. Uh, so th I think that's so cool. You definitely Thank started you. a trend. I don't know what your opinion is on that. Um, did you have I don't any? Think I, I don't think I started it. No. <laughs> I think it was already there. <laughs> um, but you um, definitely had like a good mo motivation because it was brought back into the um, yeah. the forum, you know, the, the, the front of people's yeah. minds. You know, I chose it because I saw other people do it. And so I feel like it's one of the things that it's one of the demonstrations of all of the like traditional, like fun science demonstrations that was it could that I could make it visual enough and large enough, kind of like what you're speaking of that David Dobrik one. Um, I had seen that online and they do it so large because it's a reaction that if you, the more that you use, the larger it is. And so when you're trying to plan a demonstration to do on a stage in, in almost an arena stadium environment, you have to have it big enough that everyone can see it or else it's boring. And that's part of the reason why a lot of science entertainers use it. And that was exactly why I used it because I could make my solutions. I could have them with me. I could bring them and I knew that it was going to do the same thing every time. And I knew that I could make it really large, colorful and visual. And that's the cool thing about it. Um, and so I definitely don't think I started the trend. I actually think that um, some of the other science entertainers and you miss, you mentioned Mr. Wizard. Um, one of the science entertainers that I work with named Steve Spangler um, worked with Mr. Wizard previously, I'm pretty sure um, to kind of learn the tricks of the trade, but he is one of the ones he did this on Ellen. He's done like these huge demonstrations. And so it's a very popular demo. Um, and I totally understand why, because it's great. Well, I mean, it's perfect for a talent for Miss America because it's a controlled, uh, system where you know that you're going to get a consistent outcome every single time and mm -hmm. then you get an opportunity and it's quick so it gives you enough lead time that you can then sum up your apostasy 
your theory and then make a good statement, which is so important when it comes to Miss America. If you're going to, you need to be able to sum up that if you're going to do a, a, a science, um, project on stage, you have to be able to do it quickly and then be able to summarize it and then explain it to the judges. So exactly. So uh, true. Yeah. I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at MAV. PP.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. So I guess, uh, just to round out your year, mm-hmm. how would you sum up? Um, you said going into it, you've, after you got crowned, you were really concerned about the travel aspect and yeah. God came into your, you know, and that experience, you didn't have to happen. And, you, you were able to really have a year that was really customized to you. You had a year, you had a competition that was totally like, I, I, the way you talked about it, it sounds like it was designed for you to win it. You just had to show (laughs) up like, because your like your values, values are so important in life and you didn't have Mm -hmm. to compromise anything. I, am I, am I not, am I wrong by saying that? Am, Am I that's the impression you're giving me i think that yes in some ways i would say that it was less about compromising my values in any way like just in terms of the swimsuit piece i'm someone someone that has just faced a lot of body image issues and you know had recovered from an eating disorder and didn't want to put myself in that so it wasn't like i didn't it wasn't like a value-based thing of not wanting to do that but oh so that's the that's the underlining thing that the thing because that was never that was never brought up on the telecast so that's okay and so Uh, that's why i chose to not compete in a swimsuit um just because it wouldn't have been healthy for me in my recovery from that um wouldn't be healthy for anyone well i think it can be healthy for some people like i think that depending upon the way that you you face um you know putting yourself into a a very high pressure situation in terms of your your body and your figure i think some women can do that in a really healthy way um i don't fair enough i'm not a woman so i i I just knew that that wasn't something that i could do in a healthy way without becoming obsessive over a lot of the pieces of that but i felt like in terms of the competition i could just be authentically myself and not have to like i could just do exactly who i was and i could be successful in that and is I that your that personality? Is... Are you obsessive? Oh, I definitely, I, I am, but I think that's part of what makes me successful in some ways is that I really, I fixate on things and I want to do things in a way that's really effective and optimize things. And so if I do that with my health, sometimes that can be a little over, like a little too much. Um, and so that's been something that I've, I struggled with for a long time, but it's, I think just understanding yourself as a person is really important in any type of realm um do you think that's what makes you do so well at school then because you're Um, you can obsess about getting that a or 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 getting 
that's another misperception I think is that I'm very focused on my academics, but I'm definitely not a straight A student. Oh, um, I, okay. I, maybe this is my assumption. I, I find, yeah. you, I find you to be very credible. I just assume you're a, an A student. I mean, I, hey, I, I appreciate that, but you know, what you come off that way. Mind? You come off as an A student. Like I, Thank you're you. the way you talk, the, you Thank know, you, 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 you don't, I, you know, I have a severe reading and writing disability. So sometimes I don't pronunciate my words properly. You don't, it sounds like that those aren't an issue for, or, or a struggle for you. So, I mean, Hey, Paul, here's the thing that I want to say to you is that whether or not you have a disability or whether or not you don't, it's interesting because some people, things just come easier to than others. And I have certain skills that are, I'm really good at and I have other things that I struggle with. And I think that, um, especially looking at school, one of the really common misperceptions in, you know, academics is that you have to be a 4.0 student to be successful. I've never been a 4.0 student. I've, I, I literally got a D in a chemistry class in college and had to retake the class. And I almost, that almost held me back from continuing into my degree program. And I thought about dropping my major. And I tell that story because we have this misperception in our communities that if you want to have a great career, that you have to be perfect. And that's part of what I want to dispel in every aspect of life is because I am so not perfect. I, I have to work really hard in school to be able to be successful. It does not come naturally to me. And I think that that's so important to talk to young people about and really, especially other women, my own age and men who are like going through their careers and trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, well, I'm not like my sales aren't as great as my counterpart or my grade isn't as great as someone else's. Well, what are you learning? What experiences do you have outside of this that are going to make you a better employee? Because honestly, at the end of the day, I might not have a 4.0, but I have a lot of experience of what I've gotten to do as Miss America and in my internships and, and my corporate experience that is going to make me a better employee, not because of my grades, but because of what I've gotten to do. And so that I'm, that's really interesting that you brought that up too, because um, I think that we talked about like me kind of being a little bit obsessive. I think that being obsessive a little bit makes me a more organized student and gives me the chance to be a little bit more successful with less effort, but I still have to put a lot of effort and time, especially into my pharmacy education because it's not easy. Um, but things that aren't easy are also things that can really help you down the road too. So that's my Ted talk on not being a 4.0 student. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I think that, uh, you should do a whole topic on that. If you ever yeah. get an opportunity, you. If you, even if you don't do it for a TED Talk, um, I think you should just um, do that as a video. And I'd be Thank happy you. to produce it if uh, if you'd like to work. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah, um, because there's so many important um, things that we could learn from you. And, to, and it, as sad as it is, people only look up to people that they consider to be above them or people that are considered to be a status a status symbol or, or a superstar and you're yeah. going to be in that <laughs> sorry oh, Camille, you're, so you're gonna be in this no i mean it's a, it's just you know you you won the lottery you know so you're gonna have that that you know criteria you know i mean to yeah. me to me it seems like i know that you have a passion for science but you could honestly be a public speaker and 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 do 
these large um, classes where you could go mm-hmm. and talk about motivating speaking and talking about sales uh-huh. because, um, you know, my photography business is 100% a sales job. You know, yes. I can take a, I can take a great photo. If, if I ever get the opportunity to work with you, I know I can take a great photo. That's not the problem. It's, it's the sales job of, you know, yep. convincing you to, to believe in me and giving me your time because your time is the most important thing. You don't ever get that back. So you are so right about that. And really a lot of even just competing for Miss America is a sales job because you are trying to sell yourself as the product and why they should pick you over every other person there and understanding, you know, understanding how to sell yourself as a potential employee is something that's important in every single aspect of, you know, career development for young women and men. But especially when we think about prepare, like there's that whole motto that Miss America has of preparing great women for the world, allowing women to understand how to effectively brand and sell their skill sets in a way that's not necessarily not an arrogant way, but in a very confident, sure way of knowing what you can offer is something that is really invaluable. Um, and that's something I really feel like I've learned this year and learned through my process of competing at Miss America and uh, is something that we, you can't really get in a lot of other situations. And so it's been a, a really cool experience to learn how to do that. Well, Camille, I I really appreciate it. It is such an honor to have a sitting, um, I know you, you, you have, your year has expired, but you haven't passed technically on television mm-hmm. yet. So, um, yes. Um, in my opinion, you're still the sitting. I know technically, I know there are all these rules and everything, but um, it, it is really an honor to me. You really have uh, given me an opportunity to to uh, interview you, and I I really appreciate your time as as, as I pointed out Thank earlier. You. So it means so I much to me. It. So and I appreciate you having me on and, you know, I'll always be Miss America 2020. And that's so right. That's exactly. 2020, that... 2021. I just say, you know what? I'm Miss America 2020. Uh, and I'm really excited to be able to be there to be a part of the celebration whenever that happens. Yeah. And I, I look forward to watching it on television. So one last question. Yes. Did you like the, the shark tank kind of environment? Was that cool for you? Did you, <gasps> that's a big question. Um, well, if it's too big, we can totally. No, no, you're. I would say my my jury's out on that. I have. I'm gonna be I, again. I'm kind of a little analytical in the it way was, that I it, look at the positives and negatives. If I can just say I, on my behalf, go ahead. Sorry. For tele, no, 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 for television purposes, it looked it looked like a cool way of setup. So it was cool. I I think I liked it because I had the benefit of going all the way to the end with it. I liked that we got the opportunity to speak a lot during the the telecast. It was difficult because I wish that more women could have been highlighted in that, but just based on TV time, that was not possible in the time that was there. But then my, my biggest criticism of it, and I think that I'm not alone in saying this, is that when, especially when we got to the top five, when it became more of an elimination, I wish that the women, especially who were, fourth, third, and second runners-up, instead of feeling like they got eliminated, that they felt like they got celebrated. And I don't think that that was portrayed in oh, as, I like that as idea much more. of a celebratory way because in traditional, you know, when you get to the top five and there's the crowning, 
you're, you're calling that fourth runner up and you're saying, congratulations, you won a scholarship of whatever, and you're going to get flowers and whatever and you decide. And then the next person gets more scholarship and then they get their third runner up and then you move on. And I felt like it was almost portrayed as more of like a, oh, I'm so sorry, you're not moving on. When it could have been like, oh my gosh, you just won $15,000 of scholarship money and you are the third runner up to Miss America or however much you get when you win that. Camille, that is an awesome way to portray it. And I think that's something that I really hope that you can have a say and just in, in the board, you know, I I hope you express that because that's a great idea. I think that's, and I think that the other thing, it's a sales job. Like it's just the way you portray it. It's the way you sell it it on television. I think the biggest thing also is, this is again, just a, a misperception is, you know, a lot of it is production controlled. And if we want to stay on a network, um, a major network as Miss America has been for a long time. Um, sometimes it's production controlled and that's something that's not necessarily chosen by, by, you know, the organization or it, it's probably a combined decision. But um, I think a lot of that was driven by, by NBC. Uh, and I don't think for a bad way, cause I think it made it partially more entertaining to watch in some ways uh, people will have their disagreements with that, but that's fine. Everyone has um, disagreements. When everyone when it has comes... their own say on that. But uh, I think that if I had been in the situation where I didn't have such a wonderful celebratory moment at the end where I was presented with all these, you know, flowers and crown or whatever, that if I had been that in one of those runners up positions, I think that those women could have had a little bit more recognition. Well, I appreciate you having so much compassion for, for that because I've spoken to some pageant girls and they don't even think about their fellow um, um, fifth, sixth, you know. So it just shows how much compassion you have. So oh, it's just, you. you know. Um, and uh, I I think there's lots of room, but there's always room to improve everything. But, you know, yeah. it's so important for you guys to have a national platform on television. And we need to have that show on television. We also need USA, the USA uh, um, pageant to be on television too. It's very important that we have female programming, and we need to have those competitions on. So it's it's a it's a um, you have to work within the system because the way it is. But it's so important. So I, um, I for sure, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate, I know this is a big thing. I, I threw it at you the last minute and I appreciate you giving me a summarize for that. And I, so like I was summar- the summarize, I really appreciate you coming on my show. Absolutely. Thank you, Paul, for having me. Have a blessed day. Camille, I, I, I'm just, um, so honored. Uh, I've worked really hard as a photographer to get opportunities to, work with the current title holder and to have you grace my podcast that I've put two years of hard work and I'm almost reaching my hundredth episode. It is 100% an honor to have you as a guest on my show. I 100% recognize how such a big important milestone this is that you thought that my show was so important as well as so respectful that coming on my show was 
a good thing to do. And I feel that I just need to thank you so much for giving me credibility and and thank you so much for being so caring and uh, understanding. Um, there is a clear reason why you won. It was demonstrated in this interview. Highly intelligent, well speaker. You have a, you have your stance. You hold stand by it, and uh, no one should judge you for that. And you have your flaws, but you. You make up for it in so many ways, like you said. Um, and uh, you, you're the best demonstration of what a modern woman is today. And I'm really proud that you represented our country for the last 16 months. And I'm so proud for you to have you on my show and to be a guest. And I'm just so thankful. To my lovely... Listeners out there, as I always say at the end of the show, thank you for liking and subscribing. As I always tell you, we have two shows here on the Total Focus. We have the Total Focus podcast, which you're listening to now. But then we also have our movie review show with my co-host, Yvonne Carlos, called The Movie Breakdown. So we talk about movies and we just have a good time. So please stay tuned and listen to our movie breakdown show. And as always, please stay tuned.